What's going on, guys, and welcome back to another Fan Spotlight episode on Top Bins Talk. I am your host, Marcin Kazmarski. You can follow me at PLUventino on Twitter. Uh, and today we have a special Fan Spotlight episode to, with you, with me today. Uh, we have a very famous guest with us uh, who does YouTube create, uh, content creation, uh, Twitter, Mr. Boniani. Hello. Hello to you, sir. Hi, Marcin. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, we're, I'm really excited to uh, have you on. Obviously, you're, you've been a, a, a now a YouTuber now, <laughs> a famous Juve YouTuber. <laughs> I, I don't know about the word famous, but uh, yeah, that, that's why that's how they call people that are po- posting videos on YouTube, YouTubers, yes? Yes, now you've become a Juve YouTuber, which kind of sounds kind of nicely. You could put that on your resume, a lot of cool stuff yeah. coming from you. Um, so if, if you haven't followed uh, Mr. Boniani, you can tell the people where to follow you on Twitter and on YouTube. Yeah, so actually it's quite easy. I try to keep uh, uh, always the same name everywhere. So it's a G and then just Juve, all in one word. So G just Juve. You can find me on uh, uh, YouTube. That's my that's my channel. But I have a Telegram. I have Instagram, Facebook, where I'm not that active. I have to say on Facebook. Uh, but I, I'm uh, on some Discord channel. I have a Twitch where I need to start yet. So I'm quite on all the platforms. It's just Twitter where it's actually my name, Bonyani G. But if you if you if you type in G just Juve, you can find me. So it's actually quite everywhere. Yeah, you, you did it the right way. Me and Tim did not do it the right way because me, Tim, and our top bins talk page all have different handles. So we we you definitely did it the correct way. I'll I'll, I'll let it go at that. Um, so obviously with these fan spotlight episodes, if you're tuning in for the first time, this is uh, an episode meant to showcase somebody that does content creation or just a huge fan of of either Roma or Juve. So Tim does all the episodes with Roma uh, fans and Roma content creators. You can follow those in, in the other uh, fan spotlight episodes. I obviously, being a Juve fan, do one uh, episodes with Juve fans. So uh, AJ was my first episode and Mr. Boniani is here for our second episode. So how this episode essentially works is I'm going to ask him a bunch of questions just to kind of get to know him uh, in terms of how he became a fan and just some fun questions. And then we're going to kind of wrap it up with some stuff that's current for the uh, the season that's that's coming, that's coming back on Friday. So we're very excited to have football back in about four days now. Uh, so I'm going to kick it off with the obviously the most important question about uh, being a UA fan is how did you become a UA fan in the first place? Yeah, so I, I'm 38 years old, so I have to go back in time already. <laughs> uh, but uh, how I became a UA fan, I, w- I was a kid. Um, not that much into football at the time. I'm the biggest of the four kids we have, so I'm the oldest one. So I couldn't look up at a big brother who was already into football. So, but um, yeah, I was playing actually in the street because at the time we were playing a lot in the streets, especially in summer with all my cousins and we were playing football. And I was a bit interested and it was fun to play. But uh, in the 80s it was like 88 89 i don't really exactly remember the year but all my cousins were milan fans why because at the time at in those years milan were 
actually amazing. They had so many great players like Rijkaard, Van Basten, Gullit, uh, the three uh, Dutch guys. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, Baresi, such a great team that a lot of new generation fans were for Milan at that time. I had not a team yet and I was playing with them and at a certain moment we played a kind of penalty game, shootouts, where we, yeah, you know, you we had to play and every time one lose you have to go out and they all had to choose one player of their favorite team. As I had no at that time, I was a kid, they were joking with me, all of them, and they said, oh, then you, you have to take Atalanta or you have to take Udinese. Those teams, you know, Atalanta, a lot of respect today, but back in time, Atalanta was not the big team that, you know, playing Champions League. So I was, uh, uh, yeah, a bit, uh, quite a bit sad because I understood that they were mocking me. And when I uh, when I went home in the evening, I said to my father, uh, you know, what what team are we are we supporting? And uh, he said, you know, are you joking? We are black and white. We support Juventus no matter what. It was so beautiful, and actually I became a Juventus supporter, but it was just the name without really understanding it. Um, then, for sure, because yeah, it was not like today where you have free streaming or you, you have the cable where you can see the games. It was not like that at the time. But yeah, then you enter, okay, I'm a Juventus fan, and then the 90s came with World Cup Italia, where uh, Toto Schilacci did an amazing World Cup in the 90s. And I was asking, where is he playing? And he was playing at Juventus. So that was my second step towards Juventus together with Baggio. And my definitive Juventus big link was in 93 when we signed actually a, a, a young player called Alex Del Piero. And I always said, I have the luck to start my career at the same moment as Del Piero, because he started as a professional player and I started as a professional supporter. Yeah, so that that's an amazing story. Obviously, I think Del Piero is a is a very key player for a lot of people's stories, just like that, where you hear people, oh, I got into the club for from Del Piero, or I got into the club because of Buffon or Trezeguet or some big players. Obviously, if you've listened to our podcast, most people know that I'm a huge fan of Pavel Nedved, and Nedved was yeah. the was the big player that got me into Juve in the early 2000s, so 19 years. But I, th I think you have a couple more years of, of fandom on me, <laughs> at least another <laughs> 10. <laughs> so a couple more years extra. So you mentioned playing football as a kid. Did you continue playing football um, when you were like a teenager, in, in, like into your early adulthood, or were you more interested in just being a Juve supporter? Um, did you happen to play or try to play at, like at any kind of level? Yeah, I, I played actually for two years when I was, uh, I believe, eight, uh, eight and nine years. Uh, and I was actually quite amazing player. And my uh, my my favorite spot was actually right bench. So I was always on the bench and uh, uh, it was quite, quite sad because uh, I will explain later, I became a coach for a few years later and the time change where uh, not only, you know, technicality was important, but also the uh, human part and not letting uh, kids on the bench. But when I started, there was no mercy. I was not good. I was on the bench, whatever. Uh, also for my birthday, they didn't care. So, uh, you know, uh, and after two years of being a bench player, no, actually the second year I was starting to play a bit more. But then, yeah, it was not enough for me. I stopped. And uh, but the football really triggered me. And then when I when I grew up a bit, I think I started again uh, when I was uh, 11 until 
until my 16 and um, I played in a in a Belgian uh, Belgium club uh, in Molenbeek R RWDM it's a club that doesn't even exist anymore but they were playing first division so it was a quite good club and uh, um yeah, I was playing actually at the left. Uh, I started actually like a Douglas Costa kind of player in a 4-3-3. I was quite fast. And then they uh, uh, they liked how I was playing. And uh, they said, okay, this guy, he can run like a horse. Let's put him in a defensive style. So from 11, I became actually uh, a kind of Alexandro. So you, so you started playing left back afterwards. Yes, I'm right-footed, but I play it, uh, uh, yeah, at the at the left. Uh, yeah, more in a three-five-two. I was on the left, and I was uh, covering all the flank. And then my my last experience really with football was a, a coach. I did coach for uh, U13, U14 mm-hmm. um, for two years, and uh, that was also an amazing experience. And my job, my real job, is being a manager. And uh, you know. Uh, I had some quite experience in managing people. Uh, I have a diploma at school. I, I graduate. Uh, uh, that's how we call it in a, in a, in English. A graduation of uh, uh, ed- educating people, disabled people with mental mm-hmm. illness or uh, physical illness or even kids with problems. And uh, all those experience combined, actually, and loving the game of football made me actually uh, having two amazing years with a kid. But I stopped because it was not compatible with the, the work I do with a lot of travels and I'm I'm a guy who who I like you know values respect and if I promise me something and I engage myself I want to do it 100% right of course that's anybody that comes into the sport or really anything that you do in life you want to give 100% so that's yeah that, I'm, I'm the exact same way if I have to do something at 50% I'd rather not do it so I'm glad you and me are on the same page on that so moving moving right along, I asked you, I sent you a couple questions before. So we're going to kind of uh, go through a couple uh, get to know you questions. Uh, and the first question I asked you was, what were your three favorite players of the last decade? So 2010 to current, but they have to be non-Italians to make it a little bit more harder. So obviously that takes out Del Piero, Chiellini, Bonucci, Buffon. All those players are off the list. So it has to be non-Italians. So I want, obviously you're going to start. So who made your top three favorite non-Italians? I had to make a, a short list out of some players uh, because I was going back in time out of memory and I had like Douglas Costa, Bentancur, Pjanic, Dybala. I had a lot of players, but I had always to eliminate them to keep actually three players uh, because we are speaking about decade. So, um, yeah, I believe Pogba. Pogba remains one of my favorite. I really hope he can join, not this year, but maybe next year for free. That would be hilarious, two times for free from Manchester <laughs> United. So I'm dreaming of Pogba next year. Uh, but yeah, Pogba makes my list. Why? Because he was a player that unknown players took for free really young. And uh, I love those kind of romance story of having a young kid that can actually win his spot. So absolutely, yes. And he did amazing. Vidal? Vidal is my second one. Why? Uh, yeah, he's a warrior. He's a guy who was always there. I remember a, a game versus Chelsea who the guy was injured at a knee or a foot. I don't remember well. And uh, he was even able to score and finish that game. Crazy guy. So, yeah, Vidal. And my third, 
you know, a lot of people might think, yeah, Ronaldo or Dybala. I will go a bit uh, special. I will, I will say Lichtsteiner. Lichtsteiner oh, is a, that's a good one. my top three. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I, I love him. Uh, I believe it's a player you hate when he's not playing in your team. But that's why I, I love him. Uh, a guy, he gave 3,000% when he was not in the list in the first part of the Champions League. He never said a word. I think it happened two times with him. He didn't say any word. He was just fighting back to win his spot. For sure, he was frustrated. But for me, he had the Stile Juve. Uh, and uh, yeah, seeing him on the pitch discussion, discussing with the referees was hilarious. I loved him. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the the faces that he made and just how aggressive and and like, like kind of exactly how you mentioned he gave a hundred and ten percent every single match. Yeah. You knew that he was there and and whatever it was, he was gonna do it for the club. So I definitely like your three list. So obviously now it's now it's my turn. So one of the names that you mentioned was also on my list. So I'm gonna change my list a little bit. Uh, Dybala is gonna be my first one. Uh, I yeah. I love Paulito. Paulito's been my my favorite player since he came to Juve, and he's still my favorite player. I have a pair of uh, Copa Adidas boots that I bought just recently, just because he wore them. Um, so I'm a huge fan of Paulito. I have his. I'm looking at his signed photo on my on my wall right now. So Paulo, just the way that he plays, uh, just I think the passion and the love that he's shown for the club, not wanting to leave after last summer, uh, is a, definitely a huge reason why Paulo definitely makes my list. Uh, Carlos Tevez makes my list for favorite players of the last decade, kind of kind of along the same lines. Uh, how you mentioned with Vidal, just a warrior, just really gave 110%. And I think Carlos Tevez was definitely that kind of player. Just those lung-busting runs, though, like you, every single time he stepped on the pitch that you knew that he was going to give 110%. And then the last name you you took from me, which was Paul Pogba. Uh, so I'm going to keep Paul Pogba in my list also. Same reason, just, just a 19-year-old kid that moved from England to Italy, and then within a season, he became one of the best midfielders in the world. Just a, It's a crazy story. It doesn't really happen very often in the game today, uh, especially in Italy, considering most clubs don't really give youth a, a huge chance. Clubs like Juve, Juve kind of um, love to give more veteran players the opportunity versus the younger players. Um, so just a, just a great story for Paul Pogba to become a world-class player at 19 at Juve. So we talked about um, your favorite players. So this is a little tricky question for the next one. So name me your a player that you like, but on a team that, or maybe uh, there's a reason why you shouldn't like him. Maybe it's like a rival player or something along like a player that that seems a little bit weird that you as a Juve fan like. So do you have anybody yeah. in mind? I have three. I will really go uh, quickly uh, okay. uh, on the three, yeah. and then I will hey. I will finish with the most discussable. It's good. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, go the first one, the first one we have to go back in time is uh, Overmars uh, from yeah. uh, Arsenal uh, and uh, Ajax at the time. He was for me an idol. Um, I loved him so much. Um, so yeah, I know it, it was not really always seen well by uh, by fans of football or especially Juventus, but uh, yeah, he he definitely uh, is one I love. So that's uh, Overmars. Then Icardi. Icardi is not, you know, it's a 50-50. Or you love him or you hate him. Uh, I don't care about, uh, you know, uh, his wife's story and blah, blah, blah. But I I wanted him over uh, Higuain the first time we signed Higuain. Mm -hmm. Happy with Higuain for sure. But if we could have him, I would even be really happy. And I give you the third one. And actually the most special one is uh, De Chelye, Paolo De Chelye. Uh -huh. 
is a player. I was, I don't know if I was a, uh, how can I say in English? I'm looking for the word, but you know, when you have a bit of pity for a player, you are a yeah. bit, you know, like he was a bit my kid and uh, he was playing bad. And, I, you know, because he came from the youth, uh, so I was really supporting him and come on, Deschelia, let's show the world that you can do something. And I was always laughing with my brothers because the game that he played well at the end of the game or the game after he was injured. So every time that we said, yes, he did a great performance, maybe that's the launch of his career. Yeah, then he was injured or... Uh, so the guy, uh, yeah, uh, how can I say? Uh, Deschel, yeah. That's, that's definitely a controversial one. and I, I haven't heard many people <laughs> like him, so I think you're definitely one of the few people that likes Deschel. Uh, I'm going to stick a little bit current. I'm going to go with a, a Merda player. Uh, it's Lautaro Martinez. Uh, I just think he's he's such a good player. I mean, obviously, all the rumors of him going to Barcelona for 100, 110 million euros. So uh, he's just a really quality player. And he's kind of along the same lines of like a Lichtsteiner, like you mentioned. It's it's a player that you'd love to have on your team. But just how how ferocious and how aggressive and strong he is, it's somebody that you hate going up against as as a, as a opposing defender. Uh, so Lautaro Martinez is is my pick. Um, so we obviously I asked you a couple other questions and I think we should kind of talk about uh, what you do now. And that's kind of like the most important thing and why I really love talking to you is, is your content. So obviously you do content on uh, on Twitter. Uh, you make YouTube videos now. You're a YouTuber <laughs> is, your, is your new job title. <laughs> um, but obviously I want to ask you first, what has been the most difficult thing about doing content, whether that's Twitter, whether it's. Uh, you said you mentioned Twitch before, whether it's YouTube, what is, has been the most difficult thing about doing all these different platforms and, and the content that you create for them? Yeah, uh, Twitter, actually, I'm, I'm there since uh, begin January 2010. Mm-hmm. And uh, for 10 years, I was around 300, 350 subscribers without any response or uh, feedback or whatever. It was also quite difficult to choose the language you start discussing with people because I speak several languages and then you have to choose to have a kind of community because I believe also if you start speaking everything in the beginning, you know, people will will not have that uh, loyalty. And, you know, if you see in your timeline, every time other language people skip. So that was a bit difficult to find your, your group of people where to. And um, uh, actually 10 years, 10 years uh, I had to build on, on Twitter and uh, suddenly a magic happened. I believe it was also thanks to uh, visibility, thanks to um, socials where I won uh, something, um, you know, um, a VIP game at Juventus Stadium. They right. were reposting my tweets. People were starting to following me. Uh, so it was a bit of, of magic moment where I had a bit more visibility. And I understood that I had a 50-50% of subscribers, uh, 50% Italians, 50% English. And those are actually the two languages I've, I've chosen at that time to communicate at. Uh, but Twitter was for fun to discuss about Juventus, uh, except when Juventus is playing live, then I shut everything down. I don't want to know nothing. Uh, but uh, except of that, yeah, it's it's actually Twitter where I'm the most active with. Then um, uh, YouTube, I started. Uh, you want to know the reasons why I started with YouTube and what's the most difficult things? Or? Yeah, of course, yeah, go ahead. So, 
I, I started with YouTube because in my in my job I'm speaking a lot. I'm giving conference conferences with people in English uh, and in all the language I, I speak also. But you know, it's all managerial talk, so I'm a, quite okay in talking. So that's fine for me. I love Juventus and I love video editing without having the programs or the setup. So those were the three things I, I really loved. But video editing is the last time I was really doing something with, with iMovies in, back in 2011. So yeah, since I then, that. I never did nothing anymore. Um, but uh, yeah, my son, because I have a 12 years old son, he's, he, he was constantly on YouTube, constantly, constantly watching videos. And so I got inspired by all those people who are not football YouTubers, but more like, uh, you know, memes or, you know, the, the, the trendy YouTubers that you have today, like Mr. Beast and so on and so on. Um, so yeah, I like, I like the world and like that I entered actually the football YouTube, but more the Italian football YouTube world. And I was quite impressed by what they were doing because they are doing really a great job. And then I had like, okay, let's find some uh, English YouTubers from Juve. And I couldn't find some. Mm -hmm. um, really a few. You have amazing, uh, uh, you know, you have an amazing Twitter account, UVFC.com, who is translating at the moment every news. And that's great. You have some podcasts like uh, Juve podcast and you have uh, yours and you have Alberto's uh, one. So you have great podcasts, depending the style you, you like. You can find something, but really YouTube visual material. Uh, I believe the only great one was the one of uh, uh, Roman from Juve Therapy, who yeah. was really, I believe, a pioneer there because he started. And I said, okay, let, let's try to give the English-speaking Juve community some quality content also based and inspired by Italian ones because they can live on YouTube 24 hours a day from Juve content on YouTube. And that was that's what's, what we were missing. So that's why I started. The difficulties in uh, today is uh, I have a nice duplex with uh, two floors at home. Uh, I have made the choice at the time to have really big spaces. We share, you know, a big living room with also a kind of library with my desk, but it's really open, but there is also a television. So I cannot record on my desk when they are watching television. Then my son has a room upstairs and I can go there because it's really nice with a nice setup, but I can go only when he's not there. And then I have a nice kitchen where I can go and I have a little, a little corner, but then you have a lot of echo in the room. So I am actually a nomad uh, uh, traveling around the house, finding my spots. And I'm always losing like 30, 40 minutes just to set everything up before starting recording. That's a really difficult one. That's for me, I believe, one of the most difficult things. Yeah, I, I think with podcasts, it's a lot easier to do setups because all I have to do is open up my MacBook and just plug in my microphone, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty much done. So my my setup's very minimal. So I I can definitely uh, attest to like longer setups for videos, and and you do a lot of stuff with editing and, and green screen work. So it definitely requires a lot more work than podcasts, which is why I don't think we're gonna be doing YouTube videos right now, <laughs> just because it's so much work, and and podcasts are just very easy to do, mm -hmm. uh, which is great. So obviously I mentioned um, what has been the most difficult. So what has been the most rewarding or what, what brings you the, the most joy out of doing all this content yeah. for 
whatever it is, whether it's YouTube or Twitter, what makes yeah. you the happiest out of doing all of it? You no, know, I, I forgot to mention another difficulty is um, after midnight, they start to release the Italian papers and international papers. So I start reading them and I go to bed at 2 a.m., you know, Europe time. And uh, most of the time I wake up at 6.30, 7 a.m. because then I start recording before working. Right. It's really, that's just the paper news I do in the morning. And then I try to do lives and things like that more in the evening. But it's a lot of effort you put. And then you have that little message on YouTube from Mohammed from Qatar, who's saying, I was looking for someone like you that is offering great content for English speaking people. And I received since I started, and especially now, um, a lot of messages of people who are actually finding me. I used to post everything on Twitter to make some promo. Sometimes I feel myself ashamed because I'm thinking I'm doing too much promo and that can annoy people. I would dream to not doing it anymore. And that's what is starting to happen now. People who are finding me because of other people who are spreading the word because they watch my videos. I believe one of the most rewarding thing is if you go in my, I believe I, I reached 85 videos since I started, uh, I have no dislikes. I think there is just one inter fan who stalked me because he put one dislike on all my videos. Uh, but that's the only one who is doing that. I, I, you know, you have on YouTube, you have a privacy, so you don't know who it is. Right. There is one people doing it uh, every single video. But uh, uh, no, the most rewarding is when actually people thank you for what was your actually initial objective, reaching and offering qualitative content for English speaking people. And when they say thank you for this, it's amazing. Yeah, I, I definitely 100% agree. I, I love the times where like I've, I've written, re seen reviews for our podcast and people are like, oh, great content. We love listening to your stuff or when people repost our stuff on Instagram, like you, you get that great feeling like, hey, we, we put out a quality product. We we gave it our best shot to put some some great content out and somebody else enjoyed it and somebody else took the time out of their day uh, to listen to it because we, we don't have unlimited time during the day. So you, you really have to pick and choose what you want to listen to, what you want to watch. Um, and, and it's, yeah, like you just mentioned, it's a great feeling knowing that somebody out there spent some time of their day watching you, listening to you and or reading your content. Like that's, that's definitely the best feeling. And that's, that's, the reason why me and Tim do these kind of spotlight episodes is is we we want people to know about people like you, like who do this awesome work, and we want to spread the word of, of great content creators. Um, so now now talking, we talked about content creation. We talked about some fun questions. So let's change the topic a little bit and talk about today's Juve. So we're gonna real quick talk about obviously transfer rumors. So the current transfer rumors, we've, we've seen a lot of names linked with Juve, from midfielders to forwards, uh, Timo Werner, Gabi Jesus, uh, Awar, Tonali, Zaniolo. All those names have been linked with Juve. Is there maybe like one or two or three players that you've seen us rumored with, you've seen the links to Juve, and you're like, hey, he would be amazing at the club, or I 100% want this guy at the club. Do you have anybody like that? But it, it depends on, um, uh, actually, I believe the plans for Juventus were really big. I believe there was 
a big revolution coming on uh, in the team for this market. Unfortunately, something happened that nobody expected, and that's the pandemic with uh, COVID-19. Yep. Plan changed, Mercato changed, financial impact is big. Um, and uh, that's why I think the strategy changed it, and we are blocked now, and it will be a domino effect. When you when you really read all the rumors, you understand that the big focus will be the midfield. Pjanic uh, is a key man there because from the moment uh, we find the 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 swap that will happen with uh, Pjanic, from there on we can start building the team. I really believe in uh, Arthur. Uh, I saw a bit of games from him, you know, he's not really well known. People are really uh, starting to hate him because he said no to Juventus. But I repeat it, I, I think 100 times, he never said no to Juventus. He said he didn't want to leave Barcelona. And that's different, you know. If you are a 23 years old guy coming from Brazil, going to Barcelona, you have the sea there, you have a nice climate, you have new friends, you have Messi, you are in an elite club, you understand the language, it's not easy as a human, you have to be human and understanding that going in another championship, because we all know Serie A is totally different than La Liga, uh, you go there, you don't know the language, you don't have the sea because you have the mountains, uh, it's different and I understand the human point of view, like I'm at Barcelona, I want to succeed there. Then, But it's a guy who's playing a lot vertical, quick, one-two touches, uh, playing on the right. He can score also, so I really have nice uh, uh, hopes in him. If we can get Pogba on the left, that would be amazing, but Manchester United has for sure also been hit by the, by the financial impact, but they are the richest club in the world. They don't feel it the same way as other clubs. So I don't believe they will negotiate Pogba for a lower fee. But if we can, I really see a Thomas Party from Atletico Madrid as a good left uh, midfielder. And if we really want to target Young, I see Bentancur in the, as a regista playmaker on the right, Arthur on the left party uh, with Matudi as a sub can be a good one. And then in the in the front, I always say pay attention with Icardi. It's not over yet. <laughs> yeah, Icardi, like you mentioned before, is definitely a name that you either love him or you hate him. So that it's definitely a uh, hundred. It's either one way or the other. Uh, recent rumors, like a lot of today talk, uh, like I spoke a lot about this today on my Twitter account, is Arkadiusz Milik from, from Napoli. Uh, a lot of links with him going on today. Uh, Hassam Oar from Lyon is, a, is definitely another midfielder that I, I really like. Very skillful on the ball, very athletic. Um, they can, they can pick, ping out a pass. Uh, but kind of like how you mentioned, Artur is definitely another one that I, I really like. Uh, and I think a, a Pjanic Artur swap, and maybe you bring in like like you mentioned Paul Pogba or like Oar on that other side. I think that could be a really good midfield for now and for the future. If you have Bentancur, you have Artur, and you have Oar, that's two. That's three guys that are in their early 20s that can really build the foundation for this club moving forward, and and really solidify the midfield. Um, obviously, there's other positions we have to worry about. Right back is definitely still needs some kind of solution because um, Cuadrado is obviously over the age of 30 now and he's not really a right back. So that's that's the, the second position I'm assuming Juve are going to look at. And then, yeah, up, up top, Icardi is 
now purchased from PSG, so that's official. So we'll see, kind of like you mentioned, we'll see if, if Icardi maybe is linked again with Juve or if there's somebody else that they're targeting, targeting besides Milik. But um, I think the official word today was that the Mercato is going to be open on September 1st. Yeah, and it goes till October fifth, so a lot smaller yeah. of a window. You only have about thirty-five days to do all your business. That usually takes three months. So yeah. it's definitely going to be a lot different of a of a window, and a lot more deals. Are, I feel like are going to be done a lot quickly. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And then the last kind of question before we wrap up, because uh, I know it's I know it's late there. I know it's past midnight. So I, I do appreciate you staying up a little bit. Um, and, and it has to do with obviously the restart of the season. So. Juve are going to be playing Milan in the Coppa Italia semifinals on Friday. And then the season kicks off again next week. I believe on the 20th, they play their first Serie A game. Um, so, I mean, I just wanted to just plain and simple ask you, what are your expectations for the rest of the season? What do you want to see in the remaining matches that are going to be played for the rest of the season from this club? But we have to be realistic. Uh, we finished the season before the, the stop of, uh, of uh, football. We finished with uh, the worst game uh, of the season of Juventus and the best game of Juventus. So it was Lyon and Inter. So, you know, uh, what is the real Juventus? That's a big question. Will Sarri uh, be able to do some uh, changes? I don't know. I'm fearing because we have not a solid team in terms of, uh, you know, physicality. You, we, we didn't start it yet and we have already three players uh, injured. Higuain, uh, Chiellini, Ramsey. So, um, you know, it, it's a lot. So let's see how. But yeah, all the other two teams have the same problems. So I think, you know, it will be a big battle. Serie A will be a big battle. On the other hand, Juventus has a bit more uh, the... Um, yeah, the habit of playing every three days, maybe not at that rhythm. Uh, Lazio, for example, who was really in the run, they never played every three day, yep. days. So let's see. Uh, but yeah, to keep it short, it's such a strange year without supporters, with the Champions League who is postponed and everything will be played in probably eight days or whatever. Um, Juventus will win the treble. That's that's what I think, and I tell you on the podcast, so you can you can claim if I'm wrong uh, uh, later. But we will win the treble this year. I, I think a lot of people would uh, would bet against you, but we're, we're gonna see what what happens with the rest of the season. Kind of to your point, um, yeah, it, it's it's a very weird time with with no fans, with with the break in in play. Uh, I think you you said it perfectly. Lazio aren't used to playing every three days. Juve have a lot more depth, so even the the bench players are of better quality than I would say of Lazio or or, or Merda or or Milan or any of those other clubs. I think the the depth in the team is a little bit better. Um, so if if anybody gets injured, you can ha- kind of have that backup come in, and they're going to play at a higher level than let's say Lazio's backup. Um, so I think that's the one little advantage that Juve have is we have a bigger squad. So I think. Uh, I think in the long run, it's going to be a very interesting next two, what, two and a half months of the summer. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that that kind of concludes our our, our second episode of, of Fan Spotlight. Uh, I want to honestly thank you for staying up late and because uh, I know it's past midnight. So I do appreciate you staying up and uh, recording this quick little episode with me. Uh, if you want to tell everybody where to follow you for your content, please, by all means. 
Yeah, as I said, first of all, before before saying where to find me, I wanted to thank you because it's really nice for me to be to be here. I'm uh, one of the fans listening. You know, I like to download it and listening in the car uh, when I go to work because not now because I'm not driving anymore. But uh, when uh, when I'm driving and I'm going to or the airport or the the, the office. I download it at home, iTunes, and then uh, then I start listening to it. So uh, I'm happy to be, you know, in the show instead of uh, listening it. So that's really <laughs> nice for me. That's one thing. Uh, thanks to the people who are listening. That's great. And um, yeah, where to follow me? You know, uh, I, I believe I'm trying to grow the, the YouTube channel. That's my main focus now, trying to do nice stuff. The last time I had Romeo Agresti, who is a... Uh, expert of Mercato of Italy and uh, I, I made sure he was speaking in English on the channel. I'm trying to have uh, a big name for my next episode. You already said we will organize something, but it's not confirmed yet. Uh, it's a Momblano. So let's see if Ooh. we can have him. Uh, it should be okay, but I, you know, until it's signed, I prefer not to, to promise it, but it should be okay. Uh, I have a lot of people waiting also, um, you know, so I'm trying to find a format. So if they, if people can go on YouTube and, and follow me, that would be great. If you want to have direct chat, again, try whatever uh, social media you type G, just Juve, and you will find me. Perfect. Yeah. So I'm definitely looking forward to your Momblano interview. If that happens, that's, that's awesome. I did not know you were doing that. So... I definitely can't wait. So uh, once again, honestly, thank you for, for spending some time with me and doing this fan spotlight episode. Uh, we do have some content that we're going to be doing together later this week with uh, Juve Show. So I, I definitely am looking forward to working with Giuseppe again on, on more content in the future. So we'll, we'll definitely have that going. Uh, once again, everybody, thank you for tuning in for this episode. And I appreciate the listens. Uh, if you could... Uh, and if you guys wanted to follow us on social media, it is at Toppins Talk on Instagram or at Toppins Talk underscore on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me if you guys have any ideas for future episodes or if you even want to be on a future episode, uh, you can reach out to me at, at PLUVentino on Twitter. Um, thank you guys again for, for tuning into this episode and we'll catch you on the next one. Ciao. Ciao.